Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Super Bowl numbers are starting to roll in, and Lucky's had this in the news. It's the most watched Super Bowl. Might be close to the most watched television event of all time. Yeah, definitely in U.S. history, yes. Yeah, 123 million. Now, the year before, it was 115 million. So let's see uh, about 8 million more eyes on the TV. I wonder what caused that. And as much as people will say, well, why does Taylor Swift have to do with football? She has nothing to do with football, but she's dating a football player who happened to be on the Super Bowl winning team. And football, I know this is shocking, it's entertainment. (laughs) And she is entertainment. And even other NFL players who are being interviewed about the Taylor Swift effect, the the, uh, TTE, I guess is what we're calling it, Um, even other football players are like, yeah, she's bringing more people to the party. Mm -hmm. She is... Uh, she's doing something that's never, ever been done before in any form of entertainment. There are actual countries around the world begging her to come and perform to help their economy. (laughs) I don't care less about her or her music, but I see how much she's done and her effect on people. And it, it's, it is what it is. It's amazing, uh, you know, f- football fans losing their flipping minds over the fact that they're, you know, going to Taylor Swift on camera. Mm. Uh, and they say, you know, it's ruined the football game for them. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you have to remember, the Super Bowl is more than a football game. It is an event. That's yeah. why there is the star watching, the spectacle of it all, the halftime show. And whether you like it or not as a football fan, you've it it is an event and if you are not a fan of football a lot still watch it for the event that it is and taylor swift brought in a lot of eyes was she on camera a lot well it turns out she was on camera 12 times for a total of 54 seconds mm. so less than a minute of your life was consumed with actual footage of taylor swift 54 but seconds 54 is that almost, seconds and an nfl game lasts about 58 seconds <laughs> like actual play well, and yeah, so in terms of actual gameplay, there's not not that much. The no. clock's rolling a lot of times. Boring is... You're going to uh, tons of commercial breaks. Yeah. But what that means to the NFL to grab, you know, that audience. And I've, I've seen a couple people post that, you know, it's the first time their teenage daughter yeah. has watched a football game with them. Yeah. She, they want to see Taylor Swift cheer on her boyfriend. And the NFL loves it. And uh, we, it's funny, we don't get crazy when the camera goes on like Ryan Reynolds at a sporting event or Beyonce. But I, I just think it's because we're all Taylor Swifted out at this point. Well, it, it's a very similar factor to what happened with Posh Spice and David Beckham mm. across the border, the, the pond years ago. Right, right. right? Like, yes. It's not the first time a pop star has dated a popular player yeah. and it's made headlines. Damn, hell, they made a documentary about that one on Netflix and a lot of millions of people watched that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it wasn't, of course, as big news here because it was bigger in the, uh, in the Premier League and in England, but... You know, it's a very similar scenario to someone with massive swaying power to an audience, uh, drawing more of that audience to the NFL, which already had massive power when yeah. it comes to their television rights. And had the Chiefs lost, they would have blamed Taylor Swift. You know, it would have been her fault <laughs> that they lost. Actually, and it's interesting, too, that she didn't go on uh, the field and endorse uh, Joe Biden. It's because she's actually going to be running 
Oh, really? Yeah. This is what I'm hearing now. <laughs> That's right. This is well, worth Well, they better lower the voting age. Here's a uh, tweet that didn't age well in regards to uh, football. In 2019, someone pointed out that Patrick Mahomes had thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in roughly 8% of games played. These are just crazy, stupid stats. Right. Anyhow, Aikman replied, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. <laughs> well, as of Sunday, Mahomes has three Super Bowl wins. That's 100% of Troy Aikman's. Right. <laughs> Drake and I very similar in our betting habits. He bet $1.15 million on the Chiefs to win. Walked away with a payout of two point three four six million. There you go. Yeah. Well, I made ninety bucks. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you didn't bet on the Chiefs. No, <laughs> no. Which, by the way, I, I have a little of an issue with now. I thought about this yesterday. Okay. That you defer to me mm. for so much on this show when it comes to sports. Because our least conversation this morning, you said, here, you just take it yeah. and you talk sports. So last week, you asked me about the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. you asked me who was going to win the Super Bowl, to which I responded, I wouldn't bet against the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. because of the Taylor Swift factor. And I also gave some other important stats to go along with mm-hmm. it, more uh, football-esque and sports-related stats. Mm-hmm. To which you went with a bet of your 80-year-old mother-in-law <laughs> and her football knowledge. Have you ever cooked me a meal? <laughs> Once. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, 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 I apologize. I blame wine and my mother-in-law. I, I mean, I'm not that offended because I didn't lose money. You did, and uh-huh. I find that funnier. But at the same time, I thought, you really... You really went against my pick. I did, and I and I apologize for that because you are the uh, the sports nerd in this room. Yeah, uh, I am not, and I. Sh- I but co- listen, you can't break with Nona. No, no, and <laughs> and it's obvious that when we're not in this room together, you you're not on my mind for one second. <laughs> and poor Alyssa Milano taking it again. You know the story of her uh, doing a GoFundMe for her kids' uh, baseball team to go to. Uh, to uh, the Cooperstown baseball or Cooperstown like yeah. Hall of Fame, and she was trying to raise ten grand for that. And everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, you can afford this yourself. Why are you asking people to fund your kids' sports team?" And we had this debate about throwing in money for your kids' sports and how you don't ask anybody to assist you in that department. Well, Alyssa Milano was looking for ten grand for her kids' baseball trip. But she was able to afford her and her son to be at the Super Bowl. <laughs> now we know seats are ten grand each, and I'm sure she wasn't sitting in a regular seat. Right. She was probably in somebody's suite, and she was probably invited, and she probably didn't pay. Right, sure. But, you know. If she paid for any snacks for her son at that game, it probably would have covered a trip to Cooperstown. She probably should have said no. I'll stay home and watch it on TV. I've taken enough heat recently. Off the air, I was saying to uh, Lucky, uh, I have such zero interest in this Morgan Riley story mm. that I'm trying hard to find a way to even show any interest. And then I thought, well, I often 
more than often say I could care less about hockey. It's like so far down my list of things that I care about. Right. So I'll just go with that. I'll be honest. I could care less yeah. about more. I wouldn't know Morgan Riley if I hit him with my car. <laughs> so you explain what's going on and uh, and share with your uh, jockstrap friends. Right. Well, listen, it, it, this is an incident that brings in a, a lot of passion, uh, not only among Leaf fans, but hockey fans, because it, it tips on the line of the code quote unquote in hockey about how you play respectfully and uh whether or not you show up uh, another team it comes down to saturday night battle of ontario ottawa versus toronto and uh, ottawa winning the game ridley greg young forward for the ottawa senators uh with an empty net skating in all alone decides to wind up from the hash marks and take a slap shot into the empty net now there is no rule written about how you must score into an empty net or that you can't score with a slap shot. But Morgan Riley took offense to it, thinking that he was showboating uh, with the with the slap shot empty netter and came across and cross-checked uh, high. Whether it rode up the shoulder pad and into the face or not, it ended up striking the cross-check into the face of Ridley Gregg. And so uh, assessed, a, a, I think, a major penalty at that point uh, for uh, for cross-checking and uh, tossed out of the game. Don't think it was a match penalty, which is intent to injure, but a major penalty. So, um, you know, many thinking, all right, a fine would probably be the result of that. Many Toronto fans thinking that. Uh, but he's been offered an in-person hearing with the NHL, which he will have today. A more significant, because anytime there's an in-person hearing, that is generally reserved for suspensions of six games or more, which would be a significant suspension for a cross-check. You don't see many of those. There's been one other six-gamer gone to David Perron of the, uh, of the Detroit Red Wings happened against Ottawa as well. But it, they're similar acts in the sense that Perron was reacting to what he thought was a, a dirty play or a bad play on his captain, and he was wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't even the. He didn't even get the right guy. Uh, and Morgan Riley was reacting in his case to what he thought was showboating, whether he thought it or not. His reaction was over the top, in my opinion. That you can't cross check a guy into the face. You can't let your cross check get up into the face of a guy, even if you didn't mean to. In that scenario, if Morgan Riley wants to be tough and drop his gloves and and challenge Ridley Gregg to a fight after that, he's more than welcome to do so. But the cross check action sends it over the board, over the line, and so that deserves, in my opinion, some sort of suspension. If it ends up being over six games, it's going to really cost not only Morgan Riley because he'll be suspended and lose pay, but it'll cost the Toronto Maple Leafs their best defenseman for a significant amount of games in the middle of a playoff race. So there's Does a lot mean, riding on the line here. So if he gets suspended, that there's a good chance the Leafs can't make the playoffs? Uh, not necessarily, but it, it, it just means you're in the middle of a playoff race okay. right now. You don't want to lose a lot of ground, and Morgan Riley is a m- massive piece of the Toronto Blue Line. I know you're more excited than the, the <laughs> prospects that they missed the playoffs. For six months. <laughs> uh, and, but it, it, so, you know, Sheldon Keefe afterwards thought Morgan's actions were appropriate. Uh, Ryan Reeves thought it appropriate. 
it, and of course he is. He's a fighter and a, and a tough guy. He's going to say it's appropriate. Um, you know, uh, Ottawa fans just love the fact that they won the Battle of Ontario game and in a season where their season is not going well, mm. and uh, and Leaf fans upset over the the showboating aspect of it. In the end, don't lose the hockey game, right? And and and. If you're upset that you lost or how it was shot into the net, you should go back and look at the other 58 minutes of the game and find other places to be upset about. Um, you know, should Ridley Gregg have done that? No, he's a young kid and, and, and generally that would be frowned upon probably by some of his own teammates as well. Just, hey dude, just shoot it in the back of the net and, and let it be. But, you know, this is a game where fans are starving to see passion. And starving to see storylines and starving to see aggression. And, and that's it right there. That passion that Ridley Gregg showed is the exact thing, thing that Leaf fans wanted to see out of Morgan Riley in terms of going after him. So I always say there's a lot of you can't do that that goes on in some scenarios. And there's on both sides a lot of you can't do that. Ridley Gregg. Probably shouldn't be taking a slap shot into an empty net. There's no fine available for that, and there's no uh, penalty for it, uh, other than maybe having to stick up for yourself. And for Morgan Riley, make the kid stick up for himself, but you can't cross-check a guy in the face. When it comes to empty net goals, I go back to Al Iafredi. <laughs> if you don't know what he said about empty net goals, uh, look it up. <laughs> it's your pal, Greg and Lucky. Valentine's is tomorrow. Did you get me something lucky? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't celebrate the day at all. I'm your most significant other. Well, you're up there. Um, Significant something. Candy is the top of the list. Is it really? The things we're going to buy. I'm going with Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Bag of Sour Patch Kids for the... They got sour everything. We were in the bulk store the other day, and Christian wanted some gummies, and they have sour everything. Yeah. It is the... uh, I do like them. Yeah. And I think Maria will enjoy a package of Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) Toss them at her. (laughs) Greeting cards are number two. Flowers, an evening out. Jewelry, clothing, a gift certificate. Those are the things that top the list. All right. For Valentine's. I'm still up in the air. I think, you know, Marie and I both kind of just said, eh, why bother? (laughs) But something will, uh, something will, uh, force me into buying something. I'll just feel guilty about not doing it. Like a little gift or, or are you talking about like going for a dinner out? Oh, I think, no, no, I don't think we'll go to that extreme. I'll, I'll, I'll pick something up for her just to to acknowledge the day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of snow supposedly coming Thursday, so. Road salt, so easy. <laughs> That's a good a new shovel. shovel, yeah. A new shovel. <laughs> this kind of thing. You know, something ergonomic. Yeah. Like you're thinking of her. I, I, I would always suggest, because Valentine's Day is now, you know, it's a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. We're working. We're busy. I, I would say just save it till the weekend anyhow. I mean, it's going to be family day this weekend as well. So True. just combine the two. Right. Well, that seems like an odd combination. Like Valentine's Day being the, the day of loving. And family day being yeah. the, <laughs> the payback for all the loving. Yeah. Or you could look at it like, okay, it's Valentine's Day and it's about, you know, we, we, we go to the idea of the loving, but you could also just look at it as just love. Right. Love in general, love for family, love for spouse, love for kids. Sure. All of that crap. Yeah. It's um, an expensive time. 
I Very mean, much so. Uh, whoever decided to put uh, Family Day right next to Valentine's, what government official did that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of government, I heard this yesterday. So uh, Doug Ford had gotten rid of all the um, the license plate renewal costs. Yes. Right? That 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 got uh, that got scrapped, and, yes. and he said. You know, this is going to save you a couple of hundred bucks mm-hmm. a year, whatever it is, depending on how many cars you have in your house. But all you have to do is, of course, every year you have to go online yeah. or to Service Ontario and, and re-register your plate. Well, of course, we forget. And so there's supposedly there's millions of plates in Ontario that are uh, not re-registered. Unregistered. Unregistered. Yeah. I, I just put the story in the news. And do you know what the up. fine is for that? Like a thousand bucks. <laughs> so Doug Ford said somewhere there was a meeting where he said, and th- this is smart. Right. They said, okay, we're going to look really good by getting rid of this. Yeah. We know full well people will forget to register and we're going to make a killing <laughs> when the cops find all these people at a thousand bucks a plate. Yeah. They should just still do the sticker. Just don't charge for it. Mm. Right, but yeah. that's the problem is the sticker is completely gone. So people just say, well, I guess I don't have to get it. Yeah. You can sign up and have them. They'll, basically, if it's your birthday, you should make sure you go on and make sure your plate is yeah. registered. Well, but you can sign up for texts and emails, reminders for that's it. That's right. Yeah, you can do that. And and when I heard this story yesterday, uh, immediately I'm like, damn it, did I? I don't know that I... Because you just forget. Right. But I, I think because you can do one in two years. I think I did two years because it's free. Well, so who obviously, cares? yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm good. But I got to go back and check. Oh, listen, I, I think the last time my birthday passed, I looked, my license had expired. <laughs> <laughs> like, not just the license plate, my actual driver's <laughs> license. Four or five years ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny when you go uh, and have your uh, picture retaken. Was it every five years or something? Right. I have uh, kept those um, old photos. <laughs> They're great. Oh, how we change! <laughs> you don't think you do? You, no, but we do. <laughs> when you go back and look every five years, I'm just a fat face version of a British woman now. <laughs> and just uh, read an article on uh, Tiger Woods and his new apparel. Sunday red. Sunday red. I'm sure that'll be reasonably priced. Three words, by the way. Sunday and red. Yeah. Anybody, yeah, he always wore red on Sunday. Yeah. But they didn't make it Sunday red. It's Sunday, Sunday. red. How many uh, items of clothing from Sunday red do you think you'll own in the next year? Uh, I I won't be going to pocket, but (laughs) if Father's Day is coming around or my birthday, I could see uh, one falling on my lap. I would wear it. He's dropped the TW uh, logo, and uh, of course he had to. That was part of Nike, Nike. right? Yeah, now he's with uh, TaylorMade. Now, interesting, too, He uh, I guess they're going to launch this new apparel uh, when he's at the uh, Genesis Invitational. Yes. And if we remember what happened last time he was involved with Genesis, hopefully they send a limo. <laughs> Sunday ride is yeah. what it should be. Yeah. No more. No. <laughs> there are people screaming that he ripped off the logo. It's got a very Slazenger-esque feel oh, really? to it. But it's just, it's a tiger is what it is. He can drive a golf ball. He just can't drive a vehicle. <laughs> it seems every time he's been in a car, there's been some situation. Uh, with uh, Valentine's being tomorrow, people were talking about the most romantic uh, comedies of all time, the rom-com. 
And this isn't shocking when Harry Met Sally is number one. Okay. The Big Sick is number two. The Princess Bride at three. Pretty Woman at four. Say Anything at five. There's like 45 movies on this list. And I the think best rom-coms? The best rom-coms. You, you, now, you would be the expert. I've seen them all. When it comes to this, you you agree with oh, this? Oh, yeah, I think so. This when, order? When Harry Met Sally is brilliant. Yeah, it's great. funny. It's great. I mean, The Princess Bride is, is, is fun. I don't know if it's the greatest, one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time. I just think it's... Tend to see it as a comedy, but well, I guess he's is, going after Buttercup. Yeah, it is all about his passion for her, right? right. So I guess Pretty Woman. I I would thought Pretty Woman would have been even higher up on the list than number four. I, that's what I mean. I agree. I think it's for me, it'd be higher than The Princess Bride. But oh, really? Yeah, um, I don't remember The Big Sick. It was written. It's a it's a true story. I can't remember his name now. He's an actor. And his, it's a true story about him and his wife. He's of Indian descent and his wife is white, I believe. And she got very sick and had some real health issues. And so, he, Oh, Kabal Nanjani. That's yeah. his name. Yes. And yeah. I, uh, I saw it. Of course I did. And it is quite good. I don't know that it sits at number two, but, uh, anyhow. Yeah. When Harry met Sally is considered the greatest rom-com of all time. Owen Wilson has made a lot of money just saying the word "wow," <laughs> according to uh, according to uh, MovieWeb. Owen has done forty-seven movies and made approximately two hundred and eighteen million dollars from making those movies. Wow! He averages around thirty-five hundred <laughs> words per film. It is a wow. I don't even know if I can do it. Impre- wow! <laughs> Try your Keanu Reeves with "whoa." Or uh, or uh, Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's right. Um, so he he's made forty seven movies, made approximately two hundred eighteen million from them. He averages about thirty five hundred words per film, meaning he makes one thousand three hundred twenty four dollars per word. Okay. Wow accounts for a hundred and two of those, meaning he has made just over a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. Saying wow. That's great. Yeah. Man, people have so much time on their hands to figure that all out. It's a great gig, huh? <laughs> it's a great gig. Uh, John Stewart returned to hosting The Daily Show last night, and I've got to find it. I believe it's on Paramount Plus. Right. Yes. It's been really weird with The Daily Show ever since Trevor Noah left it because it was on Comedy Central, and I had it set up to record every night. I'd watch it when I got home. But ever since he left, I guess the Comedy Central dropped it. It's hard to find, even though for a long time they were just having correspondence filling in. Mm. But I, I, it wasn't on Comedy Central last night. No, I, I, well, I haven't looked. I, 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 it might be, but I understand Paramount Plus is going to stream it. Okay. So the next day. So hopefully I'll find it this morning. Anyhow, I look really forward to uh, to seeing it because he was for so many people. Uh, their source of news is brilliant. You know, yeah. in the nineties, uh, it was where people went to get their news stories. So he's only going to be on Monday nights and only during the election cycle. He's also an executive producer of the show now. So, and they will still have uh, correspondents filming, uh, sitting in until they actually hire. It's weird how long this is taking to find a new host for right. a daily show. <laughs> um, I cannot believe this didn't happen sooner. 
Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice came out in 1994, and just now, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are going to sell their own gin and juice beverage. Oh. How this hasn't happened. Yeah, no, no kidding. Are you stoned? Um, they have other stuff planned as well, including a vodka and juice, but uh, gin and juice is going to be available uh, soon from uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. And uh, BuzzFeed put together a list of uh, celebrities and the jobs they had before they became famous. Sydney Sweeney, who is uh, in the uh, Locus. Uh, White Lotus. White Lotus, that's right, White Lotus. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, she was hired to be a tour guide at Universal Studios. Right. Um, a lot of normal gigs here. Tiffany Haddish worked as a for American Airlines at the boarding gate. Really? Margot Robbie made sandwiches at uh, Subway. Uh, Amy Poehler worked at an ice cream shop. Melissa McCarthy worked at a Starbucks. Eva Longoria worked at a Wendy's. Rachel McAdams worked at a McDonald's. Little Nas X was a ride attendant at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Really? But then there's some odd ones. And, of course, Matthew McConaughey would be one of the odd ones. He was an armadillo exterminator for a country club. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he was. All right, all right, all right. Terry Crews worked as a courtroom sketch artist. What? Yeah. I'm just re- uh, because <laughs> outside of a football player and outside of being on Brooklyn Nine Nine, so good. Yeah, I'm rewatching that after the passing of uh, the captain. Yeah, it's so great. It's so funny. So he worked as a courtroom sketch artist. Whoopi Goldberg was a morgue beautician. Oh, yeah. But of course, this one. As soon as I saw it, I had to shake my head. I just thought this is typical. Meghan Markle <laughs> was a calligrapher. <laughs> And taught classes. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> but calligraphy uh, was racist, so she had to give it up. <laughs> the oldest university in the Americas is the National University of San Marcos in Peru. Okay. It's been continuously running since May of 1551. Wow. Still using the same textbooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only one disco album ever won a Grammy for Album of the Year, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. It's also one of only three movie soundtracks to win that award, along with The Bodyguard and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right. Bee Gees never won a album. Well, of they the were year. the Saturday Night Fever Guess soundtrack. So, yeah. That's most of the tunes on it. ABBA? Were they considered disco? I guess not. Just more of a dance pop, movement, top right? 40. Pop. Yeah. I mean, we know Beyonce hasn't won out That's year. right. Jay-Z's not letting that go. Let everybody know. Uh, around 25% of the words that we use every day are the 10 most common words in English. The, be, to, of, and, a, in, that, have, and I. Okay. In 2021, Lego used the sounds of its bricks to create a relaxing white noise album. It's now streaming on Apple Music and Spotify. Do you listen to, the, to that after you step on a Lego brick? <laughs> Can you imagine if you finally, as a band, get your music onto Spotify, but you're being outplayed by Lego Brick soft listening music? More streams. Um, Glow Sticks made their public debut at a Grateful Dead concert in New Haven, Connecticut in 1971. 
Really? You ever wondered where the glow stick came from? Boy, there's a lot of high people that were confused at that concert. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, aliens are around. If you're a bowler, you might know this. The 710 split is statistically only the third hardest shot in bowling. Really? Yeah, the hardest is called the Greek church, and it's where there are five pins, two on the back left and three on the back right. The Greek church. Okay. Somewhere somebody should be offended by that. (laughs) That's right. Spandex got its name because of an anagram of, because it's an anagram of expands. Okay. That makes sense, right? That's what spandex does. Yeah, speaking of anagrams, I saw uh, earlier um, someone had posted that in hockey, when Sweden plays against Denmark Mm. on the scoreboard, it reads Sweden because it's W S W E and D versus D E N, but the letters left over from the two names spelled Denmark. Well, there you go. I know. There's your own random fact. Mind blown. Yeah, Mars may be the red planet, but the sunsets there are blue. Oh, it runs hot and cold. I guess. The word disaster comes from the Italian disastro, which translates to evil star, because in astrology, it was considered unlucky to be born under a bad star. Aren't you always born under stars, good and bad? Mine were all bad. <laughs> bad stars. Bad, bad, I'm bad, sure bad, bad sure your, your outlaws think that of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, bad star, that one. I'm not shocked by the fact that this <laughs> is from Italy. They have all sorts of odd little ways about them. Love them, though. Good people. Uh, what else we got? Oh, ketchup was originally made in England and the United States with mushrooms as the main ingredient, not tomatoes. Ah, uh, it doesn't sound that appetizing. No. What would it have been called? Mush up? Although, would it be more like like a mushroom gravy then? Maybe, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with a mushroom gravy, especially if you got some vegetarians in the house. Right. I don't mind a mushroom. I guess you don't like mushrooms. Uh, I don't love them. Yeah. I don't mind a mushroom gravy, though. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, so it was originally made with mushrooms, ketchup was, in England and the United States with the main ingredient, not tomatoes. That lasted until the early 1800s when tomato ketchup started getting more popular. Hmm. Furbies were hot in the 1990s, and the FAA in the States was concerned they could disrupt flight equipment. There were rumors that some airlines had banned Furbies, but the FAA denied that. They said, Furby? What, like the toy? The toy, yeah. Why? Well, they said, we did recommend that Furbies should not be on when the plane is below 10,000 feet. And people with Furbies on board were asked to remove the batteries. A rep for Tiger Electronics who made Furbies said there have been no reports of Furbies interfering with any kind of takeoff or landing. <laughs> they watched Gremlins a couple too many times? Perhaps. What else do we got here? When Django Unchained came out in 2012, it was Leo DiCaprio's first movie in 16 years when he didn't have top billing. He was listed third after Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz. Really good movie, though. Yeah, great. Really good movie. Yeah. The Game Twister became popular after being featured on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. It was used in an episode in 1966. Huh. Till then, it was just naked Twister at home. That's right. You know, I played Twister, and it never led to anything fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> just injuries. Yeah. Just a sore <laughs> wrist. <laughs> I think I'm moving to Sun City, Arizona. Children are banned from living in Sun City, Arizona because they take being a retirement community very seriously. Kids are allowed to visit their grandparents, but only for nine days max, and then they gots to go. Really? Hit the bricks, kid. Ain't going to play in Sun City. That's right. Although that very different reasons yeah. for that. <laughs> Apartheid, kids playing loudly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I never say this beer right, the Mexican beer. Uh, dos, dos Equis? Dos Equis. I can never say it right. I always say Dos Equis, but it's Dos Equis. <laughs> right. The guy who created Dos Equis wasn't the most interesting man in the world. However, he was born in Germany, and he randomly loved the idea of making a Mexican beer, so he moved to Mexico in 1897 to create Really? It's good beer. Is Especially it? on a beach. Yeah, any Mexican beer. Sol, yeah. Corona, yeah. I love it all. Very good. I'll take Mexican beer like over a, a lot of German beers. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I do enjoy a Mexican the flavor beer. profile you're after. Yeah, I think so. And again, if you're enjoying it on a beach, mm-hmm. give me the Presidente, all of them. Yeah, yeah, they're all terrific. Yeah. I remember being on a bus going to some golf course in uh, Dominican, and we stopped at this little side hut on the road at like 7 a.m., and we got these massive Presidentes. And it was me and our old buddy Malcolm Dawson. Okay. And we forgot. Like, we were thirsty, and it's 7 a.m., and you're on holiday, so you're going to have a beer. And then we got up back on the bus to head to the golf tournament that was full of AA members. <laughs> there, there's and there's some. new Mexican beers that have come out, too. Like, Modelo is, is really popular now. Okay. Uh, that one's good. Uh, Tecate, I think, it hasn't made it here, but you get it in Mexico. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm a fan of it all. Uh, none of the guys in the R&B group, Tony, 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 were named Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact for you kids. And uh, finally, in World War II, Japanese soldiers would taunt American soldiers during battles by yelling insults about Babe Ruth. <laughs> like, to hell with Babe Ruth. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.